You're listening to the Rogers Sporting Goods Podcast with Patrick Fisher, Chandler Smith, and Josh from Outdoor Limits. In this podcast, we'll touch on everything from gear to ducks to deer, turkey and fishing. From field to table, let's dive in. You do a lot of waterfowl hunting, though. Uh, I, I yeah. used to do a lot of waterfowl hunting. Not a little I, more busy I, now. I, I, yeah, a little more busy now. Yeah. This uh, last year was the, the first time in three years that I actually got out and went waterfowling more than five times but before that it was, I was gonna say, three to four times can, a week i mean i saved yeah. all my vacation days for waterfowl hunting so, so i feel like that's when i see you the most at the stores yeah during well, duck or goose season you be in there yeah getting all the yeah all the gear that i need for what the you year. mean you go you do is that your thing yep. waterfowl yep yeah i'm a uh because people always ask, oh, Pat, you get out duck hunting. And I, not that I don't like to, and I love duck and goose hunting and the thrill of it and doing it, but uh, one time and two, my passion's bow hunting first. So uh, maybe I just need to start bow hunting geese. That'd be a lot of fun. I'm telling you. Or what, duck. Or ducks. Like do a field hunt and just set up a yep. panel blind and. I don't know. I got something, a f- but funny story on that. Uh, I was scouting for uh, some waterfowl spots, and I seen this field. It was right outside Kansas City, just loaded with ducks and geese. So I figured out who the property owner was, and it, it went back to Utah. So I get a hold of them. <clears throat> it's the Mormon Church, and uh, called and asked if I could hunt it, and they said yes, and I could only use uh, a bow. Okay. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually going to be waterfowl hunting, you know, not, not deer hunting. And they're like, yeah, we know. And I was like, told my buddy, I was like, maybe we should start getting into bow hunting for waterfowl because this is a killer spot. Right. But we maybe you'd be more there. apt to get places to uh, hunt. Yes. If you said you were bow hunting <laughs> instead of going in guns a blazing. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, so, as always, my name is Patrick. Uh, I'm the hunting waterfowl manager at Roger Sporting Goods. And uh, all the way down on the end, Mr. Josh Peck from Outdoor Limits, as well as Rogers and FA, and probably see him all over the place now. So as we were talking earlier, he got a bunch of videos. If you need to see how something's, he can give you a little product review. Like a video Yelp. <laughs> I'm gonna be like checking a, you out. He like yeah. a Yelp reviews on with videos though. So or you could just watch a hunting video or watch the the hunting videos. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? You do. You were doing some uh, your kayaks or boats. Yeah, I got the setups. Layout, got the layout boats. Yeah, do some kayaks. Doing some build outs on some yaks. Oh, yeah. uh, as we'll get into here in a second. Uh, I know you're doing some videoing with the with the dog. Yep. Working on that, which is which brings us to what we're doing today. So, um, to my immediate right is a guy I've known for a long time. I went to the same high school. Um, his name's Chase Corals. He's out of Kearney, Missouri. And to his right is Davis Merrick. Uh, are you from Independence, Kansas? Yes, sir. And you reside out there right now? Yes, sir. Um, and both of them come to us from uh, CWK Gun Dogs, um, 
Anyway, so we're going to get into all the waterfowl, waterfowl and gun dogs and training and all the stuff these cats have available to you and talk a little bit about waterfowl dogs and have fun with it. And then the favorite part, we could go outside and play with some mess dogs. around with some dogs today. So yeah, that's the only cool. reason I had you here. I just wanted you to bring your dogs. <laughs> that's why we came. I really don't care. train on a new field. I really don't care for. to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a podcast that could probably go on for two or three hours. Oh man, we'd just be rocking got. and rolling. There's so many avenues oh, like yeah. you can go down and. Um, but yeah, I've known Chase been coming in the store for a while. And, uh, but obviously we knew each other before that. And so, uh, but like we said, he, he likes the waterfowl side and, and we started hinting around, I don't know, seems like a couple months ago now, but I don't know. We just keep trying to get him in here and talk a little bird dog stuff. So, um, so anyways, give us a little background. Like, um, uh, obviously you're into waterfowl and both of you are, but, um, you know, the background and maybe how this came about and, um, okay. you know, where it started or, or were you doing something else? And you're like, hey, let's transition into this or, you know, how long you've been training and doing this type of stuff. But so I I grew up waterfowl hunting. Uh, my family did more of the upland and yeah. the, the quail started disappearing. Well, by the time I could carry a gun, we transitioned over from Brittany's to labs and and duck hunting so yeah uh i hunt with my dad and my uncle and my uncle's friends and and they had dogs and watching the dogs work was was always cool and, and part of the aspect of waterfowl hunting you know um so I, I fell in love with waterfowl hunting with dogs then and as i got older i i think i bought a dog in junior high attempted to train it off of a garage sale book <laughs> do it yourself garage sale book dog. okay um training for dummies yeah basically yeah yeah, uh -huh. yeah um it didn't work out that well and then the next dog i got it it worked out she it was more her than it was me i'll tell you that but um just seeing the work that you put in and then going hunting and then the dog going and getting that bird and uh you know watching uh the anticipation of that dog watching the air I mean, you could be an hour, two hours in without seeing anything, and that dog is just still ears up looking, and it's it's just a different aspect. Um, anybody that's ever experienced that knows. But um, so that's when I had that dog, and then got another dog in, in college, and uh, you know, then life takes you down different avenues. So I end up in Oklahoma, uh, working for some engineering firms, and I had. I was traveling a lot. I mean, Puerto Rico, everywhere, nonstop. Right. So I got an opportunity at a dog down there and uh, got him into a trainer's hands. And, you know, four or five months go by and it's time to go get that dog. And, you know, you're four or five grand deep in, into training and, and the, you know, the trainer tells you, well, this, this dog it didn't make it. He's no good. And I was real upset because I was like, well, what? Well, when could you have told me that, you know, because I think a lot of guys understand that not every dog's going to make it. It's just it's part of it. Yeah. Um, and so I started asking around a lot of guys that I waterfowled hunt down in Oklahoma. And they kind of had the same story, same story, same story, same story. So I hooked up with a guy that 
trains with some guys in Arkansas, and we would go train, and, and that, that dog I had that was, you know, failed, we'd go train every weekend, and we got this dog up to where it could hunt. You know, it wasn't the best, but she did, she did pretty good. Um, and this was the dog that you had sent off? Yeah. To the, okay. Yeah. All right. And so um, we started training every weekend, and then I just, it kind of popped in my head. I'm like, I, I really enjoy this. I love this, um, and I want to do what I love as a job. And yeah. so it kind of transitioned into that from there and just saying, hey, we can do this different, right? We can be more transparent with our customers. We can be more honest. And uh, so we started doing that. And after, our, I don't know, a year, I mean, it, it was just phone call after phone call after phone call. And I just ended up quitting my job about two years ago. So okay. I do this full time. Yeah. So that's kind of Were you doing I, it a little bit while you still had the other job? And then it's like, hey, we've got, this is taken off. We're just. Yeah, it was, it was insane. It was uh, get up in the morning. Yeah. Clean kennels, train dogs, do your eight hour job, come home clean kennels, train right, dogs, dark. Yeah. And that went on for about two years. Uh, I never left more than 45 minutes from Kansas City because, you know, right. you got live animals, you're taking care of it. Yeah. And it finally just got to the point where I was like, I can't do both anymore. It's full time now. We yeah. got to, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of how I got started in it. Just always loved doing it. Didn't know it could ever be a possibility as a job. And then... And when you went full time, is that where CWK then started? Like that's kind of the transition point. Like, hey, or so I I did Chasing Wings Kennels, and uh, it it still exists, obviously. Um, but this uh, past year, we decided to open CWK Gun Dogs. Okay. Expand the territory. Gotcha. Um, have uh, multiple campuses. Uh, and I just found guys that just love doing it too. Right. So is that where? How long have you so, guys known each other? Um, a little, around a year. A year. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I came into it uh, from didn't grow up hunting much, yeah. um, but was like in the area I live. I mean, it's just what most people do. So Independence, Kansas, more yeah. rural. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I mean, our population's probably of four hundred fifty kids in our high school. A total total okay so um not very i ain't got carney beat <laughs> that's from like grade school though and no that's from uh, is that like freshman freshman oh, through yeah. senior yeah. your high school is that big so like a graduating class is maybe a hundred uh give or take i think give mine or was, take i think mine was right at 60 oh yeah so we were i think we were triple that when I graduated, it was like 220 or something like that. Yep. But, and it's more now, but yeah, so it's small town. Yeah. Everybody hunts, fishes, outdoor. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you have your city, and then you have your... Yeah. But I mean, there's there's not much in between. Right. But uh, no, so I had uh, started going hunting with a few buddies, and they got me hooked on it, and I knew that it was something I wanted to keep doing. And um, so hunted all through high school. Me and my buddy, we went half in on the dog. We purchased a, just a, from a local breeder, we purchased a regular general lab. It's kind of the same avenue Chase was talking about. Yeah. Sent it off to a trainer, came back, and I thought I had a duck dog. Well, then, um, actually, it's kind of funny. So I was uh, looking to get Eric, who's not here, we talked about. And um, he had a has a really good deer management area behind his house or whatnot. And I ended up getting uh, permission from him to do that 
to deer hunt back there and we talked about you know gun dogs and stuff like that okay. and i thought i had thought i had my duck dog and yeah. he's like well i got the know. prize champion right here <laughs> yeah <laughs> far from it uh-huh um but uh so we did that and he's like we'll come over and let's check him out and whatnot and i was like okay yeah. sweet well i got there and realized that okay this is a house dog and their dogs are gun dogs so eric's son creighton had they had had a rough couple times with a couple puppies mm-hmm. and uh finding the right one and they found chase here in Kearney and uh ended up getting linked up with him getting their dog and then it just kind of kept you know feeding off of each other feeding off right. of each other so then i came up here to one of chase's training days and uh started learning from chase learning from eric and just realized that this is what i want to do and it's fun and yeah. it allows me you know the it allows me to train during the summer and the off season of hunting and then in hunting season be able to Yeah, hunt. you develop that yeah. passion over time. You're just sure. like I mean, who doesn't like being around dogs? <laughs> like, yeah. Now, and mine aren't trained at all, but still just to having the dogs, like uh I don't know if mine could fetch a stick right now. <laughs> so uh I thought I wanted to when I first got them. Yeah. I got golden doodles. Oh okay. uh they're a fashion dog. Um, <laughs> no, but the, the, I mean, they could. They're they've got the golden retriever, and they can be used. I mean, if you train them properly, I'm sure you could. They're not going to be like that that bloodline, like sure. you know, come from. But you know, they'd probably be suitable. But the time you guys talk about, like Josh, you're you're. Do you have a lab? Mm-hmm. Um, and how old is it? A girl or a boy? Yeah, she's a little over two years old. She okay. Turned two in December. And how long now have you been into this training process? Just like, and this is right. I think we talked about this was like a new thing for you and yeah, and getting into it. So what? What? How long have you been now doing that with your dog? Well, I picked her up in January of twenty one. So gotcha. Training started when like a week after I brought her home. Okay. Yeah. And so with your full-time job too on top of that right so it's like it's really not as bad as people think it's gonna be um especially with the basic obedience and stuff when they're puppies you got to keep everything short and so we worked on house training and kennel training and all that for first week and then we started working into obedience training after she kind of got used to the the home environment right but yeah like for a few months there, we were just working on obedience. So we were just going out in the mornings and the evenings or whatever. I had 10, 15 minutes to spare. Doing the basic oh, yeah, stuff, just, just getting just that down. Sit, sit, place, heel, right. recall. Just, gotcha. Just working on basic obedience. Has she, I think I remember, has she been out yet? Hunting? On her first hunt? Yeah, she had her first season this year. This was her first full season. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yes, right. it was. The trials and tribulations. Oh, you of, have no uh, idea, man. Of like, <laughs> right, getting uh, freshman year. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so you guys get the idea going. You've got it started. Then you meet each other, and then you develop the passion. And and it's like, hey, this is you know, you you probably got other people now. Like, hey, can you train our dog? Or I would imagine you start getting the list of people, and and yeah. so so. Kind of take us through now. You know you're doing this full time to where we are today. Like, what's that look like? Um, like, what's a day look like? Yeah. For so, me? well, let's do. Um, um, How many dogs are you guys training? Yeah. What's uh? Yeah. So, and we'll dive into each one of these. But like, um, 
So it's CWK Gun Dogs. Yep. Um, which I'll mention this a few times, but like you can go on the online and go to CWKGunDogs.com to find these guys and yep. and see what they're all about. But um, so as we've talked, like your camp, like the KC camp or whatever. Yep. So it's basically I call it Carney, but it's is it like in between Liberty and Carney? Uh, kind of in that general vicinity. Yeah, what I tell guys is, and this is where it's funny because you know this is Roger's podcast, but uh, like I had a, I've had two guys. One one guy was in North Carolina, the other guy he lived, he works in the White House, and uh, I told them both. I said I'm four miles from Roger's Sporting Goods, if you know where that is, and uh, both their ears perked up, and they <laughs> said, Yeah, yeah, we're gonna come. So it's and easier we to be go, in the store. Yeah. So four miles from the store. So if you know where Roger's Sporting Goods is in Liberty, Missouri, we're just boom. Four miles. He's yeah. right there. And Davis, your camp is the South Camp, and that's Independence, Kansas. Yep. So um, it's actually in a, I mean, it, if you were to type it in on a map or something, yeah. you come up Jefferson, Jefferson, Kansas. Okay. So from like Kansas City area, like how far of a drive is that? I'm exactly three hours south of here. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. But for people in that area for or the Oklahoma corner, is that kind of why you corner. have the two camps? Yeah. Right. So people can have a, you know, if it's easier for them to go to yeah, so one over the other. We're, we're, we do a lot of puppies. So um, just reaching the different areas of Arkansas, Oklahoma. Um, and obviously people still fly and drive from right. far distances. But, um, and, and another thing is, is I, I have 12 dogs right now. And, uh, I know there's guys that carry a lot more dogs than that, but for yeah. for me, that that's kind of my, that's a good that's a that's a good number for me because yeah. we we do so much boarding um, at our facility as well for the okay. for the local area. So gotcha. Uh, Twelve dogs that you're gun training yeah. to be yeah. bird dogs. Yeah, um, on, on our campus. And so, like when I went on your, I see like services puppies training started dogs. So. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we were talking about before we got on here was the puppy aspect. Like, take us through that that bloodline and kind of your guys's philosophy and the standard that you guys are trying to develop. Sure. You know that we talked about because it's really interesting to hear uh, when you start thinking about it versus maybe what people have seen. Yeah, and maybe. Um, you know, they've always heard of these other people and it's like, okay, what, why CWK? Like, you know, so let's just go through that breeding process. So, I mean, genetics are everything. We talked a little earlier about how Uh we're two, three generations in on NFL players and, and, uh, and basketball players. Yeah, that was a great, uh, you know, like parallel. Yeah. Example of what, what genetics really are. I mean, genetics are, I mean, you look at our art every the first thing the doctor asks is your family history and stuff like that because it's, it's all about genetics. So we see that with, with dogs. And so um, our standard um, when, we, when we breed is a dog has to obviously be able to go get titled, has to be able to go run hunt tests and, and field trials, obviously. And that's where most kennels take it. Well, the issue that I have with that, and I've seen it, is I know – you know, these stud dogs that are completely titled out and they don't produce consistently on the gun dog side of things, right? So we started thinking, well, how can we, we tweak this a little bit to be to be different? So our dogs have to have the drive in the training field, have to have that same drive and that same concentration in the duck blind. Um, 
and so they have to pick up 100 birds. We have to look at them and see what their drive looks like in the field and at training. And if they accomplish all those things, then they go into our breeding program. And if they don't, they don't go into our breeding program. Okay. So it's uh, it's difficult to to find those those dogs. But um, again, when you do that, you you kick a product to your customer that's bar none, and and uh, they tell their buddies, and their buddies tell their buddies. And I will tell you, uh, a guy that trains a lot of dogs, dogs that come from reputable kennels, for training purposes, mm-hmm. it's a breeze. These dogs that don't, uh, it's, I mean, it's night and day genetics. Yeah, when you start getting, like you said, you know, we're three generations in of litters now mm-hmm. in training and breeding. And um, when those genetics just keep passing down and they all, they start stacking up on each other. And it's like, you get three, five, you guys still doing this 10 years down the road. You know, you can only imagine that every dog has had that drive, not only in the field and the training, but in the blind and the speed and the awareness and the things you're looking for. And, um, like we talked about making that parallel, like when you look at Josh, like, uh, uh, whether it's a guy or a girl going to some D one college, right. And there's some all-star athlete Mm -hmm. and what does ESPN or somebody always do? They're like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, genetics were in the family or they talk about mom was a, you know, and well, then a, they keep a freak going. volleyball athlete, and dad was the all-star, you know, track athlete, and now their son is carrying on, you know. So, but it makes sense, and you see it more now than ever because those genetics just keep passing down, and you know, you got two, you got two athletic parents and an older sister. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, the siblings are thrown in there too, and it's yeah. like, well, no wonder you just. Not only do you grow up around it, and that's part of it too, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, sure. It's like Mahomes. Well, he grew up around the clubhouses and playing sports, and so most likely he was going to get into it. Yep. But he also, not only do you get the physical traits, but you get that, you know, it's just that something else, that awareness and and how to operate and that drive to, yep. you know, just part of it. So so that's a good parallel of of trying to explain where you guys try to take your breeding to a different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freddie King said uh, recently, I think, I just I heard him say recently anyways, that uh, these dogs are going to start uh, coming out running blinds, you know. So uh, yeah, it's it, there's a lot of truth to that because we are, we are so deep into really good breedings that, I mean, these dogs are just exceptional. Sure. You know, compared to the dogs that I grew up with in the 90s and, running around with a lot of the guys that hunted in the Kearney area, you know, mm-hmm. it was, uh, I mean, we thought it was so cool for a dog to just go get a duck and bring it back to us, you know, and right. we didn't have any standards. We didn't, as long as that dog brought the, the duck back, you know, we were, we were happy. And, and so you're, how many dogs are at the South camp? Four. And I have two more getting dropped off. I'm just not going full time. And that's for the training part. Yes. We don't, I, so we don't do any boarding where I'm at. But the breeding is the breeding done at the, either one the, or all, all the males and females are with them too. So, and you, and then the so breeding will them. take place. Now, is that come from the breeding comes from people's dogs that get dropped off and they're like, Hey, we want to breed or how does that? No. So we, we own all the, the breeding lines. Okay. And so that their campus is, uh, they do training there, but they're, 
we have the whelping center there. We have a new whelping center getting built, and uh, they they train right now. I don't know. You guys hold what, the, four to six dogs at a time. Yeah. And what's the whelping center for people that? Is that uh, just like the the birthing center for yeah, the yes, breeding yes, palace? Yes, yeah, it's the hospital. Okay. Right? So, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're we're building a new one of those just for functionality. I mean, right. Easy cleaning, uh, healthier environments, things like that. Sure. Uh, we have a vet down there working with us. So, um, yeah, so that's going in, but that's where we're going to be whelping all of our puppies. So okay. Uh, we we talked about so uh, maybe doing some litters here. But it, we just think it'd be easier if we just kept it at one location. And and uh, I noticed, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, so it looks like you do have one litter possibly coming mid-May yep. um, from yeah. a couple of dogs, Nate and Kate, which I believe um, on the website, like you can click on each dog's name. Mm-hmm. So I think Nate and Kate are on there. Yep. Yep. So you can click on them and see what they look like or whatever. Yep. And then those will be bred. And then people can purchase, you know, a gun dog or have you guys train it. Sure. I would imagine. A lot of them have, uh, I'd say 50% of people that buy puppies from us want their dog trained as well. Um, And then, and that, like I said, whenever, when somebody signs up like that, uh, we get pretty excited because we know that the training is going to be a real nice dog. So makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, and when you see it for five years, it's just like, man, this is, it's evident, guys. It's evident what the product is. If, yeah. If you develop it and create this product for your customers, they're, they're going to get a really nice dog. Right. You just keep refining it and, and fine tuning and, and each, you know, bloodline that just, and it just keeps translating into, sure. you know, and there might be a rarity like anything in the world. Oh, sure. You know, you might have an outlier, but overall, you're going to see those traits keep being passed down. The crazy thing about breedings is <clears throat> there's so many different little attributes that a dog has, not physically, but just like mentally. Like, what's their what's their temperament? Are they soft or can you do you have to really get on them to get that correction done? And those are the kind of things that I'm going to be looking for with my next dog. So after getting my first dog, I kind of, it was during COVID. Everybody was buying puppies. <laughs> I knew I wanted yeah, a dog. Right. I, knew, I knew I wanted a hunting dog. And yeah. Dude, it was incredibly difficult to find a pup. But I managed to get one. I kind of rushed into it a little bit. Didn't do my homework. But that was before I really knew anything about it. I was like, I just want a dog. Mm-hmm. So now I know that there's different little kind of mental things that go on with these dogs, whether, you know, how how quick are they going to pick up on things? Are they food motivated or are they not food motivated? Right. All, all those different things. Yeah. You're learning all them Dude, little there's, secrets. There's way more to it than you might think. Yeah. Yeah. And what is, so you said that only certain dogs then, as long as they show all these different attributes and things you all are looking for, then you'll put them into the training program. The breeding program. The are the breeding program. Yeah. So what are so it's you know like a hundred birds, right? Yeah. Pick up a um, hundred birds in the field. Yeah. But what are some <clears throat> of the like the basic attributes you look for, like whether it's temperament or are you looking for agility or speed or does that really matter? Like, or like your, an off switch when they're at home. 
Those yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, the biggest thing I look for is drive. Like, that's kind of the, the top of my list. Because mm-hmm. uh, a dog without drive is, is uh, anybody that's ever hunted with a dog without drive knows that it's, it can be a, a hair pull around the blind. So, um, and I, I personally like the hard-headed dogs. I like the dogs with high drive. <laughs> You'd like my dog. <laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, they can, uh, they take correction real well. Uh, they want to do the task you're not uh, begging them to do the task right. So I mean, with a with a dog with with a dog with high drive, I mean, you can always correct them to not take it out of them necessarily, but you can correct them to mind and perform it the way you want them to. Because they want to do help. it already. Exactly. With a dog that doesn't have that, I mean, you're you're everything is like you're it's like come on, yeah. You're what, what are we? Them. Let's do this already. Yeah, well, it's you. like Eeyore. Fetch. It's like me going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like me going uh, to the gym the six times the last two years. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm still paying for that gym membership. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. didn't want to show my face in there. And yeah. I'd like to cancel. Yeah. <laughs> Did you start? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I've never seen you in here. <laughs> you must come in the afternoon. <laughs> they got three new front counter people. <laughs> like, dang. Um, yeah. So that's the breeding site. The, so the puppies services is that the that's just the purchasing like if someone wanted to purchase yeah. puppies is Angle that what that pup. means yeah yeah training um what's the what was the started dogs so every once in a while we'll we'll get dogs that uh that we train and you know either the the guy who dropped the dog off doesn't want to can't take the dog for whatever reason that doesn't happen often but mm-hmm. sometimes we'll just take dogs start them and, and sell them a started dogs okay uh, it's kind of sense. yeah it's already going yeah like we'll hold a, a pup or two back from a litter and, and it's like uh, a used car with low mileage yeah well it's like a, a guaranteed product right so, so like you know uh, it's so like working. a started dog is yes. pretty much like i mean you're those dogs are seeing marks those dogs are seeing marks they have obedience i mean they're gonna do it Mm -hmm. and somebody can train them all the way out you can get that finished Mm -hmm. so started is basically like basic gun dog skills sure just like marks out to 40 50 yards not really quite getting into whistle stops and blinds yet yeah i I mean i have a my started started, can be different my started dog is a little higher than you know because if you go online and everybody's like oh this is a started dog and then you go look at it and it's like so just a dog it with can obedience. sit and yeah. stay. And like that, that's not started. So there, there's variations that's, there of what we call that's started. That's PetSmart obedience. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's <laughs> Dude, if you've been dog. in there when they're doing those I things, it's, it's hilarious. Man. Yeah. I'm like, the, the, a basic started dog to me should be running doubles. Um, Double marks? Yeah. yeah. If, if, if I'm if I'm selling a started dog and classifying it as started, then they're, they're running doubles of, of some sort. Um, obedience has to be perfect you know force fetch has been done things like that it's like uh you get the product and you can take it to the field and use it you know mm-hmm. you don't have to buy all the parts it's and like, build your shotgun it's like hey but the you're not gonna go out and win a master hunter type no sure. no no um, well i mean we've had a few started dogs where i mean they're probably only a month away from going and getting oh wow the high uh, yeah high titles it, it, and again every every dog's different you but know? they're just not that finished yeah it, well, it, it goes back to the casting and stuff like that. They're, we're just not there yet. Because then you have a finished dog, right? So we have sold a few finished dogs, too. Okay. Um, but they're uh, – we usually hold on to our finished dogs, you know, so. 
What is what does take me through a uh, um, so I'd like a, a dog trained, you know, hasn't you know whether it's a one you're doing or one dropped off. Let's just go with one that you're going to train. Um, you know, I know this is a long process. So how long one? How long does it take? You know, from yeah. start to finish. What is it? Eight weeks? <clears throat> a year? Um, for you guys, and then what's the steps look like? Yeah, so uh, I'm probably the worst guy as far as business goes because I, I'm so transparent with my customers that I literally do everything month to month to month to month. So I don't have a program to where it's like, hey, you drop your dog off for six months, and then you come get that dog in four to six months, regardless of what the quality of the dog is. You, mm-hmm. you pay me and you pick the dog up. So the first month we do obedience. The second month we do force fetch. The third month we do uh, basic gun dog, and uh, and then from there you, you can go as as long or short as you want. So every fifteen days, thirty days, I have the customer come out see their dog. Um, you know, after we get past the force fetch stage, and if they like what they see, and it's like, hey, this this is the product you want, great. Um, take the dog home. You know, don't invest any more money. You know, because I know money's tight for everybody. Sure. So. Um, and again, that's it goes back to why I got into this. You're doing this. that monthly membership. Yeah, well, it's, it's not even a membership. It's <laughs> just know, as, long as, as long as you want to be here and you're happy with the product. Yeah, right? we can keep this going. Yeah, and of course, they're going to ask questions. Well, if you had them for another month, what what do you think you could do? And right, what t- can I, I see? I, yes, what, what would I expect in another month? And then I tell them. And where I am really bad is... Uh, I get to talking to these guys and I know these, I know their, their passion. I mean, just like you, you're doing your own dog. I I tell them, I'm like, uh, if you have 10 to 15 minutes, you can get through obedience. You can get through force fetch. Um, and then for the most part, you can get through basic gun dog. If you have 30 minutes, four to five times a week, DIY, you can do this. So I'll end up talking, I would say 30, 40% (laughs) of my customers to go do it. And, and I know it's less money for me and I get that part, but to when they come to training days and the smile on their face when right. when they run the, the setup that we have and you know you can look at that guy or that girl and and, and they did that and and for me right. that's like my like that's yeah. it that's my buzz like yeah. mm-hmm. watching somebody do it themselves cuz we think that it's this complicated it's all day long i don't have time because that's the first thing you, you always hear is i don't have time for this and it's like yeah well let me break it down for you you can make time yeah. to do it and so once i break it down to the customer they're like you really think I can do it? And I'm like, I'm here if you don't have any time. Like if you're traveling, you got vacations, things like that, that that's why I'm here. And so I end up talking to, uh, like I said, probably 30 or 40% of my customers to do it themselves. Or, you know, maybe I'll do the obedience and the force fetch and then the, and then they go do the gun dog part. But um, yeah, just watching, uh, we just had our last training day. What's a training this, day? So a training day is like, uh, it's it's kind of a private group of somebody who's bought a dog from us. Um, or we've trained one of their dogs, then we have uh, an opportunity for them to come out once a month. Uh, we do a setup. We help them with anything they're having difficulties with or, or you know, have questions with. Um, it's just a, a group of people that come together with the same love and passion for the outdoors and training mm-hmm. dogs and waterfowl hunting. And it, and it becomes this network of guys of it'll be a Wednesday and, uh, you know, I got drawn into Bob Brown. Well, they got so many people to call to fill those spots or they find a massive field and, you know, Platte City full of geese and they're calling four or five guys in that group to, to go. It's just, it, it's like a family. Yeah. Um, but the last training day we had, 
there's a, a, a husband and a wife, and, and she's kind of really taken the, uh, the training into, into her hands. And this dog hit both his uh, – or she hit both her marks and her blind. And, you know, me – a far back watching and, and I, I had done the, um, the training on this dog, but obviously there's upkeep, you know, yes. and it'd been a year and a half and, uh, watching that dog hit. I mean, it was probably the dog of the day and, and watching that was like one of the coolest things. Right. Cause you're educating your, your customers on how to continue this at home and to fall in love with it. And for me, it was like, man, this is, yeah. this is so Not cool. This is why you, we started this. Yeah. You're excited because you see that what, you know, the fruits of your labor and what happened. And then she's probably like, I'm sure the excitement on her face of being able to take what you did, continue it. And I'm sure it's so exciting to have your dog just do exactly what you need it to do. Yeah. Being the owner, you know, it was like, well, not only that and being dog of the day and stuff like that, it was just, it was, yeah. And and knowing where, where she had started, uh, her name's Ragna, uh, shout out Ragna. But, uh, where she started and, and, some of, and some of the hiccups we had with her and uh, and just to see where she's at and, and yeah. to know that um, they're doing their work at home, it just it makes me happy, man. So the obedience start, the basic start, is that what is that like the normal every day? Sit, stay, heal. Like is yeah. that is that that stuff you're teaching? Yeah, I mean it's a little more than that as as uh, leash. Yeah, so we do, you know, you're doing your heel walk, um, you're doing sit on, uh, you know, whistle vocal, you're doing recall on whistle vocal hand signals, um, remote sits, place, um, you know, some of the gun dog basics. Okay. Uh, which looks a little bit different than, you know, just your typical obedience training on a household dog. Then Pat's golden doodle at home. <laughs> then Pat's golden doodle. <laughs> yeah. um, but a lot of it is the same, but, uh, but it, it does come back to... Uh, just like you said, I mean, it, it really, if you got the time and you got the passion, I mean, it, anybody can do it. I, I, I really believe that. Uh, where a trainer comes in is there is different dog personalities that I can – I really feel like I've pulled more out of a dog just based on experience, on personalities. But for the most part, uh, exp- I mean, specifically obedience, that y- you can do it. I mean, but but guys just get so scared. And I remember being that guy that was scared. You know, right. so – uh, I don't want to mess my dog up. You know, this is yeah. my dog. This is I want him to be a hunting dog. And so then you, you build it up and then you get kind of nervous. It all um, comes down to the foundation, man. Yes. Yes. Once you build that foundation and you keep that solid. And just old. work on stuff from there. Yeah. Well, learning learning how to learn is a, is a, is a, is a skill, right? Like mm-hmm. these dogs actually picking up a command and learning it is a skill. Um, and so – back to the foundation then that foundation carries you know through force fetch past force fetch into into uh, basic gun dog it just carries itself that this dog i mean it looks at you and it trusts you of what you're teaching it and and you build this bond and uh you know from an eight week old puppy to a two-year-old it's just night and day difference and what's force fetch what's that process so force fetch is is a uh is something that a lot of a lot of guys aren't comfortable with doing, um, specifically like with their own dog. They think it's, uh, they think it gets nasty and messy, and and it, and it really doesn't if if done the right way. But force fetch is is what it sounds like. So you're you're forcing the bird to or the dog to pick up a bird mm-hmm. or a token, um, and to deliver to hand. Right. So you don't have those issues of, and we've all seen it. The dog that 
because it's the dogs I grew up with. They brought the duck back. And some dogs, they drop that duck wherever they came out of the water. So it could sure. be 40 yards up, and they that's where they drop the duck, the duck mm-hmm. right? Um, or you have dogs that just drop it where, wherever they want. Um, back to your – you have a, a golden doodle. You said, well, mm-hmm. my wife has a, uh, a golden retriever, and it's not a gun dog. It's This is her baby, and uh, he likes to play fetch. Okay. He likes to carry it halfway back, drop it come to you, wag his tail, oh, are you so happy? Are you happy that I did that? And, you know, I'm like, <laughs> that really wasn't that impressive, Jax, but we'll go out and we'll get that bumper and we'll throw it again, you know. Right. And, uh, but, you know, force fetch is, is delivered a hand, you know. Okay. The, the duck itself in the blind, yeah. so. Gotcha. And when do you, do you do, um, like we sell the, uh, do you specifically use the Dokens? Yes. Uh, bumpers. I, like, we sell them at the store, too. Like, Yeah. Um, do I, you I train them on mallards and the goose one, or do you do them? I, I've never used the, the goose one, but, like, I— It's uh, a big one. We, I just, we actually just I've picked got up a goose one at our location. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it's a, a giant. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I've, I've got one of those, and my dog, she's 47 pounds. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, she's kind of small. We've done some stuff with geese, but not much. And she's always kind of struggled with actually like holding on to it. Sure. And so I got one of those and it's been good. She's snow geese, no problem. Honkers will keep working on that. But yeah. No, those those big Canada dockings are. Yeah, they're massive. <laughs> they're massive. Yeah. It, well, but, and, and that comes back to your, your dog's drive, right? Mm-hmm. So if you build the drive in this dog, and you can you can tell the difference between a dog with drive and a dog without drive. It's it's pretty obvious. You have to come out to a training day sometime. Oh yeah, and I'll check it out. Dogs. But yeah, um, those dogs with like his dog with that drive. I mean, he, if he shot a, a massive honker, your dog's going to get in it. And even if it can't pick it up, it's dragging it back. Like it's going to get it back. Well, so what she was doing is uh, this was when in November we shot a honker on the Platte River. So she runs out. Tries to pick it up, can't get it, can't figure out. I think she just couldn't figure out like where to grab it, mm-hmm. but then she just started pulling feathers. So had yeah. to go intervene on that one. <laughs> was that her? Was that her first big goose? Uh, one of the first. Yeah, yeah. she uh, she hasn't been seen like four or five of them. So. Yeah. You almost need to videotape the first big honker of every dog's life because it can get pretty comical, especially like I'm I'm a big fan of of sixty five pounds and and smaller labs. Um, but it, it can get pretty comical yeah. the first couple of times. And then do you do the gun part of it too? Like where you're using blanks and oh, the sure. sound and yeah. the, you yeah. know, that's a whole different. That's sure. extremely important. Level, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, you go to your basic gun dog. That's where you, you do, you know, gun intro if it hasn't been done already, which, you know, a lot of customers, I would say almost every customer that drops off hasn't worked on any high noise during feeding or anything like that. So. It's it's that it's decoys it's duck calls it's it's a lot of stuff that you don't think about but you know this happens in a the blind there'll be five guys in the blind and there's five guys shooting right um, I have a guy right now that just brought me a dog and he said hey when I'm hunting with my dog and it's just me shooting dog's fine if there's two three guys out there and boom 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 that dog will tuck its tail and hide well that oh that's not good no it's not good but it, it just goes to show you that the the dog was not introduced probably properly to the gun noises so we're taking him through all those scenarios and and closing the gap and and now he's an all-star so um but that's just one aspect of 
hey, that's the same thing, but it's it's different. You know, it's a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's a lot that goes into waterfowl hunting. I mean, decoys everywhere. The boat rides. Yeah, um, maneuvering through the decoys and and where where where's the dog going to sit this hunt, right? So you, you teach these dogs that hey, you know, on a tra- on a training setup, for instance, like well, you'll put them in a mo marsh uh, stand, and then the very next one, you know, you'll set up on a, you know, you call them dry boats, but it looks like you're you're hunting from a boat and you'll just set them up at the the end of the boat or on both ends of the boat so you mm-hmm. teach these dogs that hey just because we're hunting doesn't mean you're always at my heel doesn't mean you're always in this mo marsh you're i mean mm-hmm. different setups calls for different right places for that dog to be and that's all new so um yeah it's it's just a it's a, it's a and are you thought. using like dummy launchers or do you have someone like when you do the blanks or whatever when you're doing the Okay, we fake shot a bird like the wingers, and then and then, yeah. So what's that look like? So you do the fake shooting, and then are you launching out a so we dummy use, or we use gunners up, and and you'll see, uh, see we use we their wingers for the videos. Yeah, we'll we'll, okay. we'll set those up here in a little bit. Okay, but, um, but yeah, they're they're essentially what what you're thinking. They're they're remote wingers that that launch. So when we're training a dog that. They, they can launch. And so they're set up out there and you're remote yeah, launching them yeah. on your whatever, yeah. remote or whatever, after you do the sound. Correct. And then you just start, I'm sure the process, you know, start with the sound or whatever, but, and then it's, when you say mark, that's just one. We're doing one bird yeah, a single to fall. start and working on that dog retrieving the one. Sure. Whether it's field and you do water, sure. you, do, yeah. you do both marks. Yeah. And then it's okay. We got two down, so yeah. now they've got to get. Yeah. So then you get you get to your, your two three falls. So you start to get into your memories with these with these dogs. Um, so you have multiple wingers, obviously. And you got to remember where they're at. Yeah, and and I have. Well, if I if I do the setup, I better remember. But uh, yeah, yeah. When you set out blinds and you don't have like a bucket or a post or something, and the grass is a little tall, sometimes. Because then it's sometimes it's easy to forget. So where we where use orange ribbon and orange flags, right? And uh-huh. I'm colorblind. And uh, <laughs> I, ki- I kid you day. not, uh, there's times where um, I'll be running and I have to have, like, if I'm training by myself solo, I get a big orange flag that I can see. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like training setups or, you know, when we hook up and, and do some training together, you do the little the little yard flags or whatever. That's a good and, idea. I've never thought to do that. I have to have someone stand behind me no, just in case I if I <laughs> take my eye off of it, you know, and if the dog goes left or right and I'm trying to get that dog back to that blind, my eyes will go back to it. Well, green and orange for me, like it's mm. just like – so I'll have to have a guy behind me and he'll be like, it's it's right it's, it's right there to the left of the dog right there. Left? Okay. You know, so yeah. I'm casting over. Yeah, and then you're doing hand signals. Yeah. Is that in correlation with a whistle sound or – not always. I mean, not really. I mean, using the whistle to initially get them to stop and sit and focus on you, and then okay. your hand signal is going to be your command. Gotcha. So with that, one issue I've been running into with my dog is she, I'll give her a cast, but then she'll just sit there, which is it's like something new. She didn't used to do that. She'll sit there after her whistle sit? She'll, I'll, I'll sit her on a blind, cast her, and then she'll just sit there and look at me. And not take a direction? No. Sometimes she'll do it. Sometimes she won't. It may be a visual thing. She's that's, not seeing you or she's second guessing you. That's what I'm thinking too. So, well how, well, how far is your distance? We're doing like a 200-yard blind. And and that's when she is doing that? 
Mm-hmm. Are you using vocals with it? Mm-hmm. And she's still not responding to your vocals with it? Yeah. So uh, I've, I've gone back to doing three-handed casting drills yeah, in just the backyard. bring it back and then stretch it back out. Bring yeah. it back and stretch it back out. It, a common hiccup. Dude, I... Frustrating? It's this dog, man. <laughs> I spent four months working on delivery with her. Yeah. Because of a keep-away problem. Yeah. But we got that figured out. You, you think that was, like, developed at the puppy stage with, like, a sock or anything or a toy or... No. Hmm. Is that the... Toys can probably be a problem. Yeah, well, I mean, anything can become a problem. A shoe yeah. can become a problem if, if 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 not properly dealt with at a young yeah. age. You know, because a lot of people like to do the, the tug-of-war thing. And so we get dogs mm-hmm. dropped off all the time with behaviors like you wouldn't imagine that have been going on for six months, right? Since eight weeks old to six months old. Uh, and then we have to kind of iron those those problems out. And that dog's like, well, I, I can't do that now. I'm like, no, you can't do that now. Yeah. But a lot of this can be corrected. But is oh, there yeah. sometimes where, like, You've let the dog go on too long with a problem. Yeah, especially if the dog's older. Um, like I, I don't take dogs older than three years old. And and you know, there's probably people listening right now that would be like, "Oh my gosh, three years old! I would never take that." I usually don't either. But if you know, people come to me desperate, and I'm, I just tell them the odds, and we right. still have success. Though. And we'll I work. Mean, we'll we'll you know, we're yeah. gonna go through the process and try it out. But sure. I mean, there are times where, you know, maybe the dog or whatever, for whatever reason, they just, they've had a, you know, if you're wanting it to release and you've played tug of war with it for three years, you know, and it thinks that's what you're supposed to be doing and it never lets go. I mean, and then, then again, every dog is its own dog. I mean, yeah. So like you can have a dog that did everything right as a puppy and just getting into that next step is going to be, you know, harder than some. And then uh-huh. you can have like, I had a dog that was a little over two and a half years old. And it, I mean, a blind man could have trained it. It just, yeah. One it thing, just wanted to learn so much that it just, I mean, you do it, do it, do it, pick it up, do it, do it, pick it up. Let me do it. Gotcha. Just, One thing I've learned by training my own dog is that there's so many highs and lows when training. Where you have a good day and then the next day is just garbage. It's like a full moon. Man, I I don't know how many times I've come home from training and told my wife, like, she did this today. Here we are. I'm going to sell this dog. Not really. <laughs> but there's so many different highs and lows. And so as a professional trainer, how do you guys combat that? And, like, what's what's your, your strategy or do you just like expect to have good days and bad days? I mean, the way I kind of look at it is every day they're learning something mm-hmm. and it's not always going to be like me as a trainer. I'm not always going to get, you know, visual gratification for that day of training. I'm looking at the long end. Like if I day in and day out work on this, work on this, work on this, then you know, one day the light bulb's going to go off and it's going to click. And mm-hmm. then it's not, oh, I wanted to do this and I didn't do that. So I'm just going to put it up and when I like every single day is you're working towards your end goal. Gotcha. To, to touch on uh, a little bit of that, if, if you're specifically talking about frustrations and stuff <laughs> yes. like that, um, you have to know going in that there's going to be frustrating moments and there's going to be regress. Um, and so you just don't put your emotion on your sleeve, um, at least visually to the dog and out there with the dog. Um, two nights ago I, I came inside and you know, my, my wife was like, she's like, She's like, you, you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, 
dog disappoints you out there? I'm like, yeah, dog disappoints me out there. <laughs> yep. and, and so you, you take your emotion inside the house. I just I don't show too much emotion with the dog as far as like the frustration goes. Obviously, you can use um, body communication to communicate with that dog when they're doing something wrong and stuff like that. But um, you can't let your emotions get anger, right? Because then that's whenever things – that dog wants to please you. Mm-hmm. And you can actually see a dog start to kind of – mentally shut down when they get frustrated because they don't know what they're being asked to do even though for the past seven days they've done it for seven straight days and then all of a sudden today oh you don't you don't know what you're doing so you can't come off as like anger because they start to shut down because they want they want to please you they want to they want to do this they want to make you happy so yeah i would say my wife is my uh (laughs) is my uh, person that i go to to vent vent and, and 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 calm down they're a great resource man but <laughs> they are because yeah. they're always the ones loving on the pups yeah oh, this sweet little thing how yeah. could it do that yeah yeah oh i don't believe a single word you say yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah. love this dog right Come on yeah. so what's the next uh what's the outlook look like for this year and, and upcoming is uh you know as far you're as building like a new goes. you're building a new uh Welping center, yep, or or whatever yep. in the South Camp. Yep, uh, concrete's going in in a couple weeks. Gotcha. Got a new lodge uh, going in down there. Uh, it's going to be like a lodge slash, uh, you know, hold the dogs, hold some more dogs down there. Gotcha. Um, and then people can come down there and stay the night that want to go on hunts and stuff like that. Because, like he said, we're the, I went down there <laughs> this year to go hunting, and it's a different world down there. Like, uh, yeah. I grew up in, in uh, Northwest Missouri, obviously, like you did. Where uh-huh. the, the hunting's phenomenal here. Don't get me wrong, but you know, you, we have draw-ins. You have uh, leases that are that are taken. And, you know, the, the spots to go hunting are, are dwindling so badly. Like when I was in high school, you could go knock on a farmer's door with a honey baked ham and and hunt all season long on a little farm right. pond and and just smack the gadwalls all season long. Those spots are disappearing, you know, dramatically. And then, you know, people want six, eight grand for a pond that holds 50 ducks a year, you know. So right. where he's from, it, it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit. I mean, and it's, it's, it's really, I mean, people are starting to find out that Southeast Kansas used to be a little hidden gem. It, yeah. It's ridiculous. And, and of course, they, sh- they show me videos and, and pictures <laughs> all the time. I'm like, well, how, much, how many ducks did this dog pick up today? Um, and like, uh, you know, this dog picked up 60 birds today. And I'm like, what? I'm like, how many guys were on your hunt? You know, like a duck hunt and stuff. Right. They send me these just massive <laughs> yeah, pile picks, and I'm just like, holy smokes, I have to get down there and hunt this year. And uh, it didn't disappoint. But sure. it reminded me of uh, Kansas City w- when I was in junior high and high school. Yeah. Where it was it was kind of open still. You could go right. You could go, and they do. They knock on doors on. Okay. You know, I mean, like Chase was talking, like I almost didn't believe him when I had first like met him, and, you know, we got on the first name friend basis and – yeah um we're talking and he's like oh yeah we're going hunting we're leaving at 3 three thirty tomorrow and got a 45 to an hour drive and i'm like what where are we going <laughs> where like where are you, where are you guys going yeah he's like oh this is the closest spot we got yeah like it's crazy i mean right we can, we can hunt 30 to 40 spots within 10 minutes of us yeah and that's just county roads right so but yeah, kind of. Uh, so some new build outs, um, you know, just continuing the process and and yeah. So you've, you for sure. Well, we got a litter coming up. Yep. Um, those puppies yeah. should hit the ground this weekend. How long does it take? So those are ones that people can purchase. Yes. 
And then is that the normal, like, when does that purchasing take place from birth? Well, How far out? Is it know, after you've done the... So if we do, like, planned uh, pregnancies. So, like, you, we, you have, like, eight deposits down on the litter before the litter hits. Gotcha. You know, or before the breeding even took place. Right. So, um, yeah. and people call us up and be like, hey, what do, you, what do you got coming this year? And then they'll decide what deposit they want to put sure. down on, on breeding. And, and we'll be as transparent as we can. I mean, yeah. back, back to, you know, characteristics of every dog is different. So um, this this dog uh, has a really good shut off and, and this dog has really high drive. And so uh, this is a repeat breeding and this is what we saw out of the first litter, you know, so on and so forth. So we really try to get our customer, because uh, some customers want a dog that's it's going to hardly hunt and it's, it's going to be a I mean, it's going to go on two hunts a so, year but gotcha. it's going to be a family so Which, this, again we don't produce a lot of those but yeah uh people that call with that you know because they still want a, a nice hunting dog when it comes time to the hunt right so it's like well this, this these this male and this female probably have the best off switch and we're going to breed them this year so that might be a, a, a good dog for you so the litter coming up in may has been spoken for eight of pretty them much have. eight, eight of, them of them have but we yeah. uh it showed 11. We'll see what, what pops. So we, okay. we have a few more openings for that, and we haven't gotcha. gone public with that yet. Gotcha. No problem. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I like the, uh, I don't know, just that the different attitude you guys bring to it just from, you know, it sounds like, um, you know, the genetic thing and trying to keep those traits, you know, going and going and going. And then, the, you know, when you talk about um, – you know, your basic gun dog, but it sounds like it's kind of, you know, it's almost finished. Like, you know, your basic gun dog seems like it's up there, right? Um, but it sounds like you guys are doing the right thing. And um, I know you can just keep it going. I need to come out for a training day just yeah. so I can. Are those once a month or are they sporadic? So like, from, from March to basically October, we try to have one a month. Gotcha. Um and again, weather sometimes hurts yeah, us. Yeah, I'll but, have to uh, hit you up for for one yeah. and come out. And so. it's fun just to, even if you don't have a dog, we got we have guys come out just to see dogs run. You know, it's yeah. it's fun to see dogs yeah. run. It really is. Yeah. So, um, and then we go have lunch and and yeah. go to La Fuentes or something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, hey, that's what I'm in it for. Hey. So. <laughs> dogs and Mexican food. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Sometimes we'll. I tell the wife she out. can be she'll be in the truck before me. Yeah. Well, so the, the last training day, we uh, we said, "Hey, we're gonna go get Mexican." And this guy goes, "You care if my wife comes? I got to go pick her up." I, said, I don't care if your wife comes. He goes, "Because if I go to Mexican without her, she my she relationship depends on that." So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with him on that. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, so finding you guys, um, you know, if people are trying to reach you, um, cwkgundog.com mm-hmm. and go in there. Yep. Cwkgundog on all platforms you can find you on social media Instagram, get a hold of you Facebook, that way yep. okay um and then uh, uh you can find the phone numbers on there for the yeah. south camp with uh davis and then the kc camp with chase um, numbers are listed on there as well uh, again that's cwkgundog.com cwk underscore gun dogs on instagram there you go I just followed them. <laughs> so you can find find what they got to offer. Um, if you've got questions, you know, that weren't covered or whatever, and you can contact them directly and, you know, 
ask them whatever you need, and, you know, if you need help, whatever, and maybe join a training day, or come check it out, or, you yeah. know, whatever. Chaser, so you don't have to have a dog, though. And it's, no. it's also always good, like, if you're looking to get a dog, go see the parents. 100%. See, see what they're like. And that's why, that's one of the biggest thing about our training days is, uh, you know, a guy that's on the fence. Mm-hmm. Well, come come look at these these males. Come look at these females. We're we're running them this weekend. You know. Okay. Um, and that they get to see, and that's huge, right? And then, and then we have video of all these dogs in the duck blind. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, what what are you what are you looking for? And you know, we get them video of whatever they need video of, and that way you you getting what you want versus, you remember when you bought a dog in the '90s in the newspaper and it just said. Uh, hunting dog because you couldn't put a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, when I was, you know, in junior high and stuff, I'm like, Dad, this is a hunting dog. You know, just <laughs> yeah. because in the yeah. piece of paper it said hunting dog. It's like, right. you don't even know mom and dad. You know? Yeah, yeah. So right. We're, with technology now, we can be so transparent about what we do have Yeah. and and prove it and, and exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, go meet the parents. That's uh, exciting. See them work. And you said the that the people that buy dogs from here come from your bloodlines. They visit those training days too so like if you have a similar litter they can see what those yep. that that cross between the parents yes. would be like and, and that's where it gets really 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 fun mm-hmm. it gets really fun and to see the characteristics be the same mm-hmm. uh is uh just a, a testament to you know genetics but you, good you, stuff. you do see some differences though but it's yeah it's uh it's cool but usually the differences are oh that's how mom was or that's how dad was you know oh, it's, yeah. it's not like it's <laughs> Yeah, out, out in the abyss or anything. It's there's always an there's explanation for, for why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, like a, a dog tail wag. Like we have one male that has a, a certain way he wags his tail, and to see that in his litters is just so funny. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. Stuff. It's cool. Well, we definitely appreciate you coming in, Chase Davis from CWK Gun Dogs. Um, we appreciate. But now you we get to go have some fun. Thanks for having. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're gonna go out and. This, like I said, this is my first podcast. Dogs that came, so. First so podcast. Like, this is a good time. What do I do with my hands? I'm glad you get. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But thanks for taking the time coming out. Again, if you're uh, listening, um, check them out at cwkgundogs.com. Josh, let everybody know where we can find our podcast and all that fun jazz. Well, make sure to subscribe if you're already listening. So. Hit the button. If you're on YouTube, (laughs) subscribe to YouTube. If you're on any other platform, hit subscribe there. Leave us a rating. It helps out quite a bit. We like to hear you guys' rating. Uh, Follow us on social medias. We've got Instagram, Mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Hayden, you still doing anything with Twitter? A little bit. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. Okay. We're bringing Twitter back. That's right. But yeah, pretty much much anywhere where you would spend your your time on your phone. Send them questions, comments. Roger Sporting Goods. Anything you want to see. Send it to podcast at rogersportinggoods.com for an email. Maybe maybe you know someone that uh, wants to be on the podcast. Yeah. Hit us up. We'll see you guys. Thanks, guys.